John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. If you are like me, you love celebrating, particularly when it is birthday. There are people who say they don't celebrate their birthday because they don't even know when they were born. But there are some who never miss it because it is their birthday. They remember when they were born. And they join others to celebrate. And we love it when people remember us because it's another milestone. This Sunday will be celebrated worldwide as the birthday of the church. It is Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday, when the Lord poured his spirit upon the apostles and the disciples. And that marked the beginning of the church of God in power, in anointing, in boldness. It is Pentecost Sunday. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Master, we thank you for your goodness to us, for your love for us. We are alive today because of your enabling grace. As we come to hear your word about Pentecost and what it means in the life of the world, speak to me, speak through me, speak to your people. That will not only be hearers of the word, but be challenged to know the power of Pentecost and live in the power of the resurrection. This and much more we ask in Jesus, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen. When we talk about Pentecost, it is 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. He spent 40 days with his disciples and then he went to heaven. And he asked the disciples to tarry. But our scripture background is taken from Acts chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. Let's read what he says. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas the son of James. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. We have a scene here of what happened after the ascension. Jesus had been with the disciples, spending time with them, teaching them. But just as they were looking, something spectacular happened. <laughs> Jesus never ceased surprising his disciples. It was one thing for them to know that he had resurrected, spending time with them. Then he walked with them to the Mount of Olives. And as they were watching and looking, the man, the Lord Jesus Christ, decided to defy the law of gravity. Going up, 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 up. And he was gone. I guess the disciples were just awed. They would have opened their mouths. What is happening here again? Amazing Jesus. And so, he has left them. 
with a clear instruction, go and wait for me. So as we are told, 120 people went into the upper room to pray and wait for the promise. Both men and women tired for the promised power that will come upon them. The same room where they celebrated the Last Supper. Jesus asked them to go back there and they went there to wait because he had specifically commanded them to go and wait for him. Amazing story. Confusing days. They had never experienced a day like this before. And can you imagine what type of conversation they were having? Because they saw angels were telling them, why, men of Galilee, why, 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 are, you, why are you looking? This Jesus who you see going will come back again. They heard those things. It didn't click. It didn't really register. But on that faithful Sunday, the day of Pentecost, the Lord came. Not himself, but came in a different light. How did he come? Pentecost came when they were waiting, praying, watching, wondering what it was all going to be about. Then suddenly, as we are told, they heard the voice, they heard noises. Then the fire came, fell on all of them. And the men and women began to speak with tongues that they had not learned. The sound was so loud and everybody could tell where it was headed, to the upper room. So people out of curiosity rushed and they came there and they saw these 120 people that were hiding over in that room now with so much boldness, praying and speaking in tongues and people had come from all known parts of the then known world to come and celebrate the Feast of Pentecost because Jews loved celebrating the goodness of God. They loved to celebrate how God freed them. They loved to celebrate the goodness of God in their lives. But this particular day, they had a different noise. So they rushed to the upper room. And lo and behold, who did they see? These disciples, these same people whose master had died, who they say had resurrected, who for the past 10 days had been quiet because they didn't know what was going to happen next. Were they going to be arrested? Was something else going to happen? They had gone quiet. But on that day of Pentecost, something else happened. When we read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, we read, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together with, in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We are given a peek as to exactly what happened. Like a mighty rushing wind, the entire house was filled where they were sitting and divided flames and they began to speak a language that they had not learned. What an excitement it would be. But at the same time, what confusion it would be. And so people rushed to come and listen to them. And we are told that the Jews who had come from various parts of the then known world to come and worship, 
could hear them in their own languages. So these tongues were tongues that the people understood. Let me say if they were Gans or Ebes or Fantis or Dagombes or Frafras, Jews that lived in all these areas could hear what they were saying and they could testify that they were praising God in their own native languages. And they were wondering, are these not all Jews? Why are they speaking in our native languages and we can understand them? We can look at the various angles of this, but I just want to say at this point in time, what the Lord wanted to happen had happened. He had died, he had been buried, he resurrected, and he ascended. He had given a task to the disciples that they must preach, that he lives and he reigns, and they must share the good news. And that day, he supernaturally took over the disciples and gave them a new tongue. And what they were saying was praising God and declaring that he's Lord. And everybody who came there heard what they were saying and they were amazed. Because obviously this was not something they had learned. This was not something they had rehearsed. This was not something they had planned. This was something that had never happened. On the day of Pentecost, the 120 people experienced the Holy Spirit. The learned as well as the unlearned, spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Peter, who a short time earlier had denied Jesus Christ, now filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, stands up explaining the miracle. At the end of his sermon, 3,000 people were converted. It's so interesting that Peter, who had run away from the small girl, Peter was thoroughly confused about what was happening on this particular day, was able to stand and was able to say, look, you people are laughing at us, thinking that we are drunk. We are not drunk. We are only doing what God in Christ had prophesied would happen. So it had a great report. In verses 32 to 36, we hear something that Peter said. In 32 to 36, Peter said, this Jesus, God raised him up and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Hallelujah. Yes, Peter, suddenly filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, who can stand in public and be saying, God has raised Jesus up. God has resurrected him. And we are witnesses. I am, I am a witness, Peter. Can you ask him, are you a witness? Yeah, I'm a witness. I had run away earlier, but I will not run away again. Great report that Jesus was raised from the dead and they are witnesses. Many saw Christ after his resurrection. He's saying, Jesus is exalted, is now at the right hand of God. And the 120 people who were waiting had received power, not bought from any shop, not covered by anything, but the power came straight from heaven because the clothes of fire were landed on them. 
And Peter could quote David, that David who lived many years before Christ knew of the coming of the Messiah. And he was saying this. Peter was referring to Psalm 110 verse 1. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Peter suddenly has become a Bible scholar. You see what the Lord's Spirit is able to do? Peter the fisherman, who we are not known had any scholarly pursuits, suddenly is quoting Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, I'm saying this, Pentecost marked mark the birthday of the church. And what happened on that day? The whole of Jerusalem, the whole of Israel took note of it. Because this was so remarkable that 120 cowards, if I may say, or 120 confused people, or 120 people who did not know exactly what was happening, now knew something that had happened. And all of a sudden, the missing puzzle was in place. Have you ever played a game of puzzle? Or words, words that people play, they take a word out, fit it in, and let it make sense. Oh, Peter is now making sense of this. He's now boldly declaring to everybody that the things that you have heard, the things that you didn't, you didn't understand, and I want you to know that this is Jesus. Verse 36, he said, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified. Hmm. Took a lot of courage for Peter to say what he's saying. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain. The house of Israel thought that the Messiah would come and would come like a, a politician coming to overthrow the Jewish oppressors. That's Rome coming to establish his own kingdom, coming so that they will know that God has taken over. But after a period of time, when Jesus was not doing all of those things, they gave up on him. But on the day of Pentecost, suddenly, Peter came to a certain awareness that I may have been mistaken, we may have been mistaken about who Jesus is, what he was supposed to do. So he said, let all Israel know for certain that God has made Jesus both Lord and Christ. Two words, Lord and Christ. Lord means he's the master, he's the overall, the one before whom every knee will bow, every tongue will proclaim as a king of kings, and the Lord of Lords. And he's the Christ. He's the Messiah whom you crucified. Yes, you didn't agree. You didn't think he was the one. You crucified him, but he's now alive. And how do we know he's alive? Because 120 of us who had seen him, who had been waiting for him, are now empowered, and we are telling you this. And Peter went ahead and said, well, if you, are, if you have heard me, let me throw something to you. You may stand there and open your mouth and be gazing at me. You may stand there and be thinking that I am drunk. But let me tell you, there are implications for this message. There are implications for this day of Pentecost. Peter was preaching and quoting. When we read from verse 37 to 41, we see something remarkable. Now when they heard this, and they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you 
and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Hallelujah. Peter was preaching with such conviction, with such power, that the Holy Spirit broke through the resistance of all who were there. They had already been surprised by these people who were speaking in tongues and speaking their own native languages. Now they had the message that they had not heard before, that this Jesus is both Lord and Messiah, that they had crucified him. But Peter now gave an interpretation that God is offering you another chance, another chance for you to repent, another chance for you not to be destroyed, another chance for you to come and receive him as Lord and Savior. Repent simply means to change your mind and be sorry and stop doing the wrong thing that you were doing. You see, prayer brings conviction. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. Preaching clearly brings conviction. But when you have been convinced and convicted, you ought to repent and change your ways. You are going in one direction and you find out that you are wrong. Repentance means you change your mind you will not continue going in the wrong direction. You are going east. Now you turn around and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'll go back to the west. I'll go to where I came from. You must repent. So the word simply means to change, be sorry enough to quit, to turn around and live differently. When they turn around to change their minds, Peter said, now one more thing you ought to do. You have to be baptized. First repent and then be baptized in water. Now, these days, people don't talk a lot about baptism. But Peter was clear. The Jews had a certain powerful tradition. When you have repented, when you show that you have changed, turned from your sins, they will baptize you. And the baptism they did was a drama, was a certain form of drama. Like you are dirty. You know it. It's like bathing, if I may simplify it. You go into the water, a dirty person, you wash yourself, and you are clean. But in this ritual of baptism, you are preaching a certain sermon. Yeah, I was born in sin. I am dirty. My sins have made me dirty. But because I believed in what Jesus has said, because he has forgiven me my sins, I am buried with him by baptism into death and washed in newness of life to walk in newness of life. So they must repent and be baptized to make a public, a public, a public confession that you are a new person. Baptism does not produce salvation, but it is the result of salvation. So they were baptized to show that, yes, they identified with what Peter was saying. They identified with the message of Jesus Christ and they were complete in him. Then Peter said, when you have done this, you will also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, the Christian life is a very challenging life. The Christian life is a very exciting life. But the Christian life cannot be lived without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. As the apostles themselves saw, without the Holy Spirit, they were hiding somewhere. 
just wondering what was going to happen. But on the day of Pentecost, when the power came on them, they became so bold and were witnessing from place to place about the power of God that was in their life empowered by the Holy Spirit. Have you turned from your sins to the Lord? Have you received the power of the Holy Spirit? Is he leading you? Is he guiding you? Is he directing you? On that day, about 3,000 people came to know the Lord. You see, before Pentecost, people were coming and going. People were coming, going. Jesus fed them. They'll eat and they'll go. They'll eat and they go. But on the day of Pentecost, when 3,000 people came, they had made a very serious determination that we are coming to the Lord and they came to him and they decided to stay. How do I know they decided to stay? We see the great results of their coming. When you read Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, you see their lifestyle. You see the lifestyle that shows what the believers were doing. 42 to 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together in all the things and they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as many as had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Hallelujah. That day when God poured his spirit on them, when the Holy Spirit came on the apostles, when they witnessed, people received the news. And they clearly understood that there must be a change in lifestyle. There must be a change in direction. It shouldn't be lip service. There must be a change in attitude. Friends, these days it is easy for people to say they are Christians. But there's nothing that shows that they are living their life. And so we can have a large percentage saying they are Christians. Well, nobody would deny you saying you are a Christian, but you must show it. You must clearly show that there's a transformation in your life. That's what we see happening. These people who had come to Christ, who had received him, who the Holy Spirit had empowered, look at their lifestyle. And they devoted themselves to, and the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. They devoted themselves. They ate the word. They drank the word. They soaked the word. They believed the word. Oh, hallelujah. They were fellowshipping with one another. And they were living the life. They were on fire for the Lord. They loved the brethren. Everybody who saw them knew that there was something different about these people. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit had come upon them. All came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. It became so common that people were being prayed for, people were being healed, people were being anointed, people were sharing their food, people were praying for one another, supporting each other. So all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
You see, that selfishness, that marks us as individuals, that me, 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 that greed, that still worries people. They say they are Christians, but they are known for their greed, their lying, their cheating, the fornication, the adultery. It's like the fire came and swept all these things out from their lives. And this was leading a new type of life. And the life they were living was so remarkable that awe or fear came upon them. You know, when you are living a life of purity, a life that is morally sound, sometimes people are afraid of you because you become so bold, you become so holy that it attracts people to come to you. That is what we read about Pentecost. That's what we read about the life of the disciples. And I trust that that will be our lifestyle today. And the result of their faithfulness is that fear came upon all those who were listening to them, those who were following them. And note, they were serving. They were characterized by service and soul winning. We are told their number was added to daily, every day. It was a common occurrence. You see, just like people die every day, they were causing people to live every day. You know, the only thing standing between you and your destiny is life. You are alive today, so you may not know whether you're going to heaven or hell. But these apostles wanted everybody to have the chance because without Jesus, there's no guarantee that you are going to heaven. But with Jesus on your side, when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, you can't be guaranteed that he came, that you may have life and have it in abundance. And that is what they were preaching, that the enemy, the devil, comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So if you follow him, if you follow the enemy, the devil, he's killing, he's stealing, he's destroying, and you will go to hell and join him, because that is his character. He lies to you. He deceives you. He messes you up. But when you come to Christ, he gives you love peace, joy, and forgiveness. And that is what they were preaching. And those who had believed were cut to the heart and they could see the transformation. Oh, once I was blind, now I can see. Once I was lame, now I can walk. They were walking, leaping, and praising God. And their lifestyle was marked by service. Service to God and service to humanity. Service that is pleasing to God. But the quality of life that they were leading was so genuine by people who just said, look at these people. Look at how they love each other. Look at how they serve each other. Friends, God still expects his church to live in the spirit of Pentecost. God still expects his church to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. That the service that the church rendered in those days, the church can still be marked by the service to the poor, the needy, and the marginalized. And people ask, what is this? And we are saying, we live in the power of Pentecost. The people who believed were baptized and the number grew. The people of the book had a lot of things in common. Five things as I bring this sermon to a close. Now on the day of Pentecost, when the power of the Holy Spirit came on the people, first, they were seeking God and they got divine guidance. Secondly, they were sincere and serious. They want to change from our evil ways and follow God. They were not window dressing. They wanted to come to know God. 
it was a matter of life and death. Thirdly, they were serving God and serving with all their hearts, not for what they can get out of it. They were asking people, make a decision. God loves you. And you ought to love God and love the brothers and sisters. The fourth characteristic, they surrendered to God with all their hearts, with all their gifts, with all their talents. Anything that they had, everything that they had, was not only for they themselves, but for them, their brothers and their sisters, and they shared freely. That's the power of Pentecost. The last but not the least, they studied about God, they studied about their, the Holy Spirit, they studied how they can be pleasing to God. That's what marked the day of Pentecost. Friend, it is not enough to say I've received him. It's not enough to say I've received the tongue, I speak it. But there were marks that showed that these people continued in the teaching of the apostles. If you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can make that decision today. But if you know him as your Lord and Savior, go back and read Acts chapter 2 and see the distinguishing marks of the power of Pentecost, what it did in the life of those people. The Lord is not asking you to duplicate them. He's just saying, allow me to work in your life. The Pentecostal power, that is your heritage. Don't run away from it. Stay blessed until sometime soon. God be with you now and forevermore. Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Degbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cass Valley Event Center at the Goyle Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via CalvaryBaptistGhana at Yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.